Hey, this is Pastor Mark. You do not want to miss this week's podcast. You're going to laugh till you cry, but it's good tears. They're good tears. So, man, tune in. Listen to this podcast. It's going to inspire you, encourage you, and, and prayerfully help bring change that you desire in your life. God bless you. Thanks for listening. You made it this morning. Most alarm clocks didn't go off. Our power went out. We didn't know we were going to have church, but here we are. Very thankful. It's going to be a unique day, fun day. First off, first thing I want to do is, uh, I think it's very, very important that I do this. I'd like for Pastor Jesse to stand. It's his birthday yesterday. Happy birthday, Pastor. Yeah. We're still celebrating. At at our age, we get to do a whole week. Anyway, so uh, uh, today is going to be a special time. Uh, Some of you may not know. Uh, Pastor Jesse does a lot during the week uh, behind the walls of prisons in Oklahoma. And many of the uh, front row people, which I'm so grateful for you, they're not afraid of nothing. They've done been behind the walls. They're like, preach to me, bring it. Some of y'all sit on the back row afraid you get sprayed to death. But anyway, so, but they're not afraid. So today we're going to have a panel discussion. Uh, It is Father's Day, and I I do want to wish everyone a happy Father's Day. Uh, that you, you men, God bless you. <laughs> the applause is usually much greater on Mother's Day. Uh, but anyway, we, uh, it's, it's a challenge. It's a tough job, not easy. Uh, and uh, there are two things that, that fathers, most fathers want to do, uh, is provide and protect. And it's a very difficult task nowadays to know how to create boundaries and protection for our children. Uh, The stories that you will hear today, I promise you, will uh, probably cause you to go, you know what, there's there's real hope because these women paid the price for the wrongs. Uh, They got set free inside prison, and now they're living free outside. And um, so I thought it would be an appropriate thing to say, what can you do to help us with our children what would you say in your life took you down the road you, you walked? Uh, what can we do to help our children avoid that? How many of you know that most of us learn more from our failures than we do our successes? And so I'm going to invite Pastor Jesse and our ladies to the stage today. I'm going to let Pastor Jesse kind of walk us through some things. Go ahead and give him a hand. We're going to be... Jesse, you're going to have a mic, and we'll be passing the mics. We'll have a mic at each table. I keep forgetting I got a mic on back here that's dragging me down. Therese, would you hold that one just for a minute? You can sit right here. I'm going to sit right here, and, and Pastor Jesse, you can sit wherever you want. No, no, no. You've got, you've got to have a pastor at each table. You can't be doing this stuff. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm just messing with you. No, it doesn't matter, really. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, so I want Pastor Jesse to kind of open it up. You know, the challenge and the tension in the world today, um, there's a lot of, there's, this is going to cover a lot today, but the tension that we're experiencing, I think, is in large part due to one of the things we keep hearing, is we're not listening well. And I think today, if we, we can hear what these women have to say and really listen, we have a chance of learning some things. Uh, we... As Mosaic Church, we, uh, we believe in second chances, third chances, that God never quits on us. He's the ultimate father. Yeah, and so 
We celebrate, ladies, your lives. We celebrate the fact that you're sitting up here with a beautiful smile on your face. And, and uh, God's done some great things. And I, I do want to, I know you're going to say this, but this man right here has done more privately than most people will ever, ever know. We appreciate you, Pastor. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, I, I didn't know 26 years ago that, you know, God would send Jeanette and I into a place called prison. And her spiritual DNA, you know, is all over these ladies right here. And so I thank God for that. So it, it's been an uh, amazing trip. I, I know y'all wonder where are the men, but I, I'm more partial to the women. They seem to be more faithful Amen. for some reason. And, and so it, it's been a, a, a real journey. I didn't, I didn't think that having grown up with 10 sisters, I have two daughters, uh, I had one wife, and I coached high school girls basketball, tried doing that without Jesus. <laughs> and then God puts me around thousands of women behind prison walls. So God has a real sense of humor. But these women can explain to you what, you know, what God has done in their lives, and uh, I really want you to hear what they have to say. And I think Pastor Mark's had a real good lead-off for us, talking about the men, yeah. you know, fathers. Well, you know, uh, like Pastor Jesse, you know, had the privilege of having a number of children, and two of them are now women, uh, the, you know, and I, I look at them, and as a father, honestly, uh, how many of you know that raising, if you have children, raising boys is far different than raising girls? Yes. It is a different world, and I'm going to tell you, we just a level above dumb anyway as men, <laughs> but when it comes now men becoming dads, it's like, what do we do? And so hopefully what I'd like to start out with is having each one of these ladies give you their name, uh, how many years they were behind the walls, and if you feel that you're comfortable with it, share why you were behind the walls. Patrice, we can begin with you. Um, my name is Patrice, uh, and I served 17 and a half years in prison uh, for first-degree murder. I was paroled in 2009, so I think I've been home uh, 11 years. It's 2020 now, uh, and God has been amazing. Uh, he's been amazing. Uh, I'm right now seeking a pardon, so uh, God is doing really amazing things in my life. Awesome. Thank you, Patrice. Uh, hi, my name is Nina. Um, I did 10 years uh, at Mabel Bassett, where I met Pastor Jesse, and um, I thought he was gay at one time. <laughs> <laughs> I told you, I, I did not want to sit by we her. We are not yet. <laughs> I promise. I had to do it before he did it to me, because he was going to. I know he was. So, I... Uh, Welcome to Mosaic Church, Oklahoma City. <laughs> you better explain that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I uh, went to prison because I lived in a very, very bad lifestyle. Like my dad was an alcoholic and my mom was beaten right by my dad all the time and he just done drugs and I would dance in bars as a little girl probably this high and I can still remember that. But um, I ended up going to prison because I grew up and it was like a cycle. I became what I was around. And so I ended up going to Mabel Bassett and that's where I met Pastor Jesse. And uh, I started taking all his classes and, and, and was trying to learn about who I was and where, where I was going to go with my life. And I was like, no, 
I've never seen a man that nice or that considerate or that gentle and kind. There must be something wrong with him. He's got to be gay. And so as God kept teaching me, As God kept teaching me about what a man of God was, how to be a woman, he taught me all kinds of things through all of these classes at Mabel Bassett. And God gave me a man like Pastor Jesse because I didn't want Pastor Jesse. I wanted a man that would have the characteristics you of didn't. Pastor Jesse. <laughs> and so, I guess a lot of And so, God gave me a very amazing husband, and he loves the Lord, and he would tell me he'd never serve the Lord, but my husband gets on his face, and he's here today. But I grew up at Mabel Bassett, so, um, and I had that little girl over there in prison, and uh, yes, she is my challenge. When you have a little girl, it ain't the same, I promise you. And so, <laughs> anyway, that's my story. I, I was a drug addict, and I ended up at uh, Mabel Bassett. But here to tell you today, I'm no longer. I'm set free, and I'm delivered, and I'm a volunteer and all kinds of stuff. So. Amen. Shiloh? Hi, my name is Shiloh. Um, I was at Mabel Bassett serving a life sentence which got overturned by the Oklahoma Court of Criminal Appeals a little bit over a year ago. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that is, that's a huge miracle. Like that doesn't just happen. So I am a walking witness that God is good and that he does miracles. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I can't say for sure, but I don't know that that would have happened if I hadn't met Pastor Jesse because I didn't know Jesus. Like, I knew about him, but I didn't have, like, a personal relationship yeah. with him. Yeah. I didn't know how to pray and, like, feel close. Like, I didn't know who I was in Christ. I just, I was kind of shallow and just kind of living for myself. And, and he was like a spiritual father for all of us, yeah. really. And, uh, and like Nina said, you know, showed us what a real man of God is like, um, how he treats others, how he treats women, um, what to do in the face of adversity. Like, it's not always easy behind prison walls. There's not all, not all of us are nice back there. And, um, and you know, and, and he would walk with so much grace. And so he was such an example. I wanted, I wanted to live in that joy. That how, I how long were you in? Um, I was in for eight years. And, um, and I've been out for, like I said, a little bit over a year. My name is Shantae. Um, I was at Mabel Bassett for 18 years. Um, my, ch my charge was second-degree murder. Um, and I met Pastor Jesse at Mabel Bassett. My mom was at Mabel Bassett before me, so we had a generational um, cycle curse going. And <clears throat> Pastor Jesse just restored trust that men, all men didn't, hurt their daughters and and set a standard too <laughs> a standard because um, I you know I, I have to see Christ in a man before I can bring him around my family you know Amen. we can break that curse Amen. let me ask you yeah go ahead you can applaud all you want <laughs> since it is Father's Day and uh, you, you kind of shared a little bit about your upbringing and your father already. But uh, as I've already stated, being a dad 
is difficult being a dad to girls is even more difficult because we don't know what we're doing and uh, Jesse probably more than most because he grew up with such a large family and sisters had a little bit of insight going they need some help anyway so <laughs> Jesse you know what I'm talking about and so Jesse goes then we need some help so Patrice because I know you you kind of got preach on you every now and then and and the thing I love about these ladies when they're here you know they're here yeah. uh, you know they're here I mean there's no shame there's no embarrassment uh, they're they're sold out Christians they are loud Christians and I like that because so many people that have never been behind walls, and I've preached for Jesse behind walls, and I used to travel some and preach in prisons in Florida and other places, and it's really a, a different place because, uh, if, at least from my experience from being inside, you know, who do you trust? You know, they, they, you don't know who you're next to, what happened. You've got all these different uh, people behind walls that are there for various reasons, and uh you know, Patrice sharing so openly that first-degree murder was your experience. And Patrice, why don't you help us maybe t share just a little bit of what you think you missed. And, and again, I don't want to disparage anybody's daddy because it's a hard job. But what could we do as fathers, what, as, a, as a, a woman, as a, a girl growing up, what could we do that would better... Uh, uh, speak to our children, our daughters specifically, to maybe, because you all spoke about how kind Pastor Jesse was and how you watched him, and, and I will say that that is who he is all the time. I've known him for 20 plus years, and that's who he is. It's not what he does, it's who he is, and out of who he is is what he does, and that's just who he's been. So you saw something in Pastor Jesse that maybe you hadn't seen before in a father figure. Why don't you help us understand what we can do better? Well, my thing is, um, my, my story is, um, I was lacking something in my life uh, from my biological father. Yeah. I was neglected. I was not accepted. I was not loved. I was not nurtured. I... And so what I did, I looked for that in all the wrong people. I, I wanted to be validated. I wanted him to say, I love you. And so I found that in all the wrong men, in all the wrong places. And then when I did, I found that in all the wrong crowds and I got with the wrong people and I let them make choices for me because they said, I love you, and that I accept you, and that you can be with us, and we'll take care of you. And then it, and I found myself in a whole different environment. And then I realized they really didn't care about me. They just wanted to use me. And if my real father would have just said, listen, I love you. I'm here for you, regardless of the situation between me and your mother. I'll always be your father, and, you know, I would have felt at least some sense of connection, then I would have been okay. I, I wouldn't have felt like a, a fatherless child. I felt like a fatherless child. You didn't belong. Yes. You, didn't you know, belong. he had 
a whole nother family, but I felt like a fatherless child. And but, it was hard for her to connect. And so, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just couldn't. Because she walked away several times. Yeah. I got so tired of running after this sheep, I didn't know what to do. But, uh, <laughs> you know, he said, you know, Pastor Jesse would say, I see more in you than what's coming, than out. What's coming out. And I just could not believe it. I couldn't believe it. How long did he say it before you finally maybe heard it for the first time? Maybe about 10 years. A long time, way <laughs> too long. Yeah, she would turn in her assignments and she would quit. But I understood it, and, and it makes more sense now that she didn't believe that I she could connect. I just couldn't believe it. And since you had been used and abused by so, be, so many men, you probably thought, I'll never trust. Right. But what was it? What was the turning point for you? Did, did other inmates speak well at him? Did you finally just wake up one day and go, I need to give this a try? I... God spoke to me one night. I was serving a life sentence, life. So that meant either I was going to die in prison or I was going to spend the rest of my life in prison. And I knew right then nobody could help me but God. Not my mother, not my father, but God. And I said, God, if you are who you say you are, I need your help. And he gave me Isaiah 43 and 19 that night. And I went to Pastor Jesse and I said, I need help. And that was five years before I went up for parole. Wow. And you probably felt like there was no hope for parole anyway uh, uh, prior to that moment. Was exactly. Yeah. So I had to walk that out for five years. I had to walk and trust God because that's all I had. That's the only hope. I had. And God made a, a huge difference in her life. Uh, you know, I had to continue. Moses said, go bring me a report. And Ezekiel said, prophesy to the dry bones. Yes, yeah. So the report was that we could take the land, but you had to speak life to it. Mm -hmm. And so I told her she was going to get a, a house and a car with insurance on it and get her stuff back. And now she's got all of that. She's got her own business. She's got a car. I, I think you got insurance on it, right? <laughs> um, she's got a car with insurance on it, got a house, got a dog, got a, a fiance, and, and they're just doing really well. So awesome. how, about, how about you, Nina? Yeah. Well, let's, let's start on that side. Shiloh here, tell yeah. us. We'll just move around a little bit here. Okay. What, what do you feel was lacking in male representation in your life because typically you know I know boys are always looking for their father's approval I, I know that because I was a I was a young man growing up looking for that same thing 
But what were you looking for? Patrice was looking for protection from her daddy and, and validation. Didn't happen. What were you looking for? What was your situation? Well, um, I can't speak for all women, but from what I know, women are, girls are looking for the same thing from their dad. You know, they're looking to, um, you know, not just provision and protection, but they're looking to be recognized, to be liked. You know, um, my father was mostly gone when I was growing up because he was providing for us. Um, so I didn't ever feel close to him growing up. And we, we had these conversations um, at visits in prison. And, you know, as we both were a lot older and kind of past all that growing up stuff, you know, and, um, and he, you know, it, it, was, it was kind of sad after the fact, you know, that, um, that we missed that opportunity growing up because I think he got scared of me when I started to become a woman. <laughs> and, um, and so he kind of backed off. Um, when I was real little, uh, we, you know, he would push me on the swing and we'd play together and stuff. But then as I started to mature and to hit puberty, and he just didn't know what to do. And so he was like, um, gone. <laughs> you know, I didn't know how to explain it. But, um, but he was a good example. I just didn't know him very well. Um, so in your world, there was provision, but absence appeared as a lack of protection. And so then when you grew up, he didn't know what to do. Right, right. And so what, what caused you? Were, were you angry with your dad or were you just sad? I was, um, I had daddy issues <laughs> for a while. Um, but it was because, I mean, he would say, I love you, but I didn't think he liked me. And so, you know, I wanted to feel like, like Patrice said, like validated. Like, yes, um, this is who you are. I see you. I just wanted him to see me. Really, and yeah, so so I went looking for that. So you looked outside instead of inside the home. Yeah, and then you ended up inside the walls. Yeah, it was there was a really bumpy journey in between the two. It wasn't that quick. Yeah, okay. But yeah. Okay. They all had trust issues with me. <clears throat> Don't let them fool you up here. They they uh it took a long time for them to really trust someone that was coming in and speaking into their lives and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you have to, you know, talk to little girls when they're when they're growing up. There is a certain time when you have to send them off to their mother for things. Like my grandkids now, they're, they're growing up. Mariah's 15, and I sent her a text today and was encouraging her uh, about things. Don't don't keep things inside. Let Papa know, and, and we'll work on it. And Catalina, the five-year-old, I told her to go and brush her teeth last night, and she goes, I wish I wasn't an animal or something. They never have to brush their teeth. <laughs> So, you know, I mean, you just, but, but you just raise them up when they're little. And uh, I think that's what was lacking in, in with Shantae. She's the crybaby up here, Shantae. Yeah, but when I told the officers that God had saved her, they said, we're going to go see for ourselves. Right. I mean, she, she was a mess, but God truly changed her. And her, soft is, her heart is really soft. And I'm praying for the right guy to come along in her life because it's going to take a special guy for her. And uh, I, preached, I preached her out of one guy before. And uh, she, she sent me a love offering for that. But, uh, but yeah, they, they're, they're all unique in their own way, every last one of them. She was our praise and worship leader. She went out, to, uh, she went out for about, what, 30 days or better, two months? 
all in the time that I was gone, actually, because I started doing my own appeals, long story short, um, hit the law library and educated myself. Yeah. And, um, and so I kept winning hearings. And so I would go back to county, and then I'd come back. And, and one time, I think they forgot me because they left me for like nine and a half months there. And I was oh, like, wow. please take me back to prison. Like, <laughs> I need to get outside. <laughs> but, yeah, I was gone for a while, and it was pretty cool. I don't know if you mind me sharing this, but God gave me a vision, and I brought it to Pastor Jesse, and I was kind of nervous. I was like, uh, this is your church, but I think I'm supposed to start a praise team. <laughs> And, uh, and it, was, it was amazing. It was incredible. Yeah. Well, Pastor Mark, I know you got some, some questions. Maybe you got one more question or two more questions you want to. Yeah. I think my number one question is we, uh, you know, there, there are all kinds of things. Men want respect. Women want to be cherished. We, we want different things, which is what makes marriage so challenging and difficult. And we, we try to make everybody one in a world where uh, We've almost become genderless, but God made us very different. The depth of a woman and the depth of your emotions runs far deeper than that of a man, typically. And because of that, the depth sometimes is beyond the male capacity, at least initially, without some kind of learning how to address that depth. So if I were to go back and ask this question, I'm going to ask you. What was the number one emotion? Were you angry? Were you hurt? What What did you feel that caused you to turn and go the direction you went? Um, I would say rejection. Okay, you felt rejected. Because was your dad there, not there, or? Um, my dad was not there. He He was an alcoholic. Okay. And so you grew up without a male figure. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So there was abuse, and and mm-hmm. so what? What? How did you deal with that? How did you address that when you're going to Pastor Jesse's church inside the walls? Mm-hmm. What caused you to finally go? I've got to change the way I'm thinking. I got to change the way I'm feeling. What? What was the turning point for you? Um, it was it was seeing Christ in Pastor Jesse. Because I thought every dad hurt their daughter. I thought every person done that. So you thought that was just normal. What was happening to you and that life had treated you unfairly. I thought that was how the world completely was. So today, you're a different person. <laughs> a different person. Yes. Um, so I got released um, on April 2nd, 2014. And I was praying, don't let me get released on April Fool's Day. <laughs> but um, Pastor Jesse had told me, um, you can make it if you want to. And that, and I really wanted to make it. Um, I, I, I had encountered Jesus, and I knew he was real, so I wanted to be real to him too. And I'm telling you, so in six years, just like in nine months, um, when I surrendered in that backseat of that Oklahoma City police car, he did more for me in nine months than I could have ever accomplished. Yeah. And um, like Pastor Jesse was saying, when I got back to the, because I had went to prison for 12 years, got out of prison, and went back. <laughs> Why and, did you go back? Um, just, I mean, once you're in prison, I went when I was 15. I got out released when I was 26. I had no job history. I mean, 
I, I, did, I didn't even know there was, you could live a different life. And so I always like to say I had heard the gospel. My mom took us to church. I knew Jesus was real. I knew God was real, but I didn't know that my life could be different. And so um, when I encountered Jesus in, in the back of that police car and I went to prison that second time in nine months in the jail, when I got back to the jail, I didn't cuss, smoke, or anything. And I was um, one of the worst behaved women there at the prison before that. So, Amen. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So, um, but in six years, he's done more in my life. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's, he's, he's um, I, I can listen. To, I didn't even know birds really chirped. Mm. I'll just be honest with you. I never heard a bird chirping. And Pastor Jeanette, she came in and she said, just go outside and, you know, dr drink a cup of coffee and listen to birds chirping. And I was like, what? Birds chirp? You know, so, um, but God is good. I, you know, I'm, I'm doing well. I've been released for six years. Um, I bought a home two years ago. I'm in my fifth year of tax returns. That's awesome. Yeah. And that's Man. a big deal. Yeah. You, you hear that? You're one of the few people that really likes the IRS and thankful for tax returns, right? <laughs> the rest funny. of us, April 15th is curse day, but you're liking it, right? Yeah. And so it, 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 in my prayer is that if and when she wants to, uh, uh, you know, have a, a, a guy in her life, he's going to have to be the right guy. Because he's going to have to be able to help her navigate her way to where she wants to go. Can't be the wrong guy. Yeah. So he's got to really speak into her. She's got a soft heart. And, well, uh, you know, I, I know a lot more about these women I can't share. But they're, uh, it's been awesome. Uh, Nina, we have more time? No, yeah, we got, got a question Nina, for Nina. No, Nina, the emotion that you felt, there was obviously when I, men don't talk about emotions, okay? We just don't. We think, and if you were to ask a man, you know, what emotion he's feeling, it's typically good or angry. But there's a, there, like I said, there's a difference in, in women. There's a nurturing, a calm. You want to be cherished. Men want to be respected. That difference is, is so incredible that, and that's what you're going to have to have is somebody that knows how to cherish because, yeah. because that's, you don't, you know, I can, I can tell you that's, that's your new you is, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. And, and when you want to be cherished and you open your heart to somebody, it's a scary thing because yeah. are they going to step on it? Are they going to hurt me? And, and Pastor Jesse knows some people that take care of him, and you can tell him that when he comes yeah. around. But, uh, Nina, for you, what emotion did you feel? What, what caused you? Were you angry, rejected, neglected, hurt? What, what was it going on in your life that said, I'm, I'm just going to live life abandoned, and whatever happens, happens? It was a, a deep-rooted hurt that was in my heart um, because my father was so messed up. And, you know, when I would have to go to school, and um, it wasn't a good thing, you know. Uh, happened to go to school, I was embarrassed, you know, to go because of my family. They knew. And so I would try to be this cheerleader in grade school, and, and I would watch these other little girls doing things. But it just didn't work for me because of who my family was and what they did. And so it was just too embarrassing. My dad would come drunk to the school or, you know, whatever that may be for you. So I was hurt. And so I, I, I knew that turning my life over to that dark side with the girls that were doing the wrong thing was much easier because 
they didn't care what my dad was like. They would have drank with them, partied with them, or whatever. And so that was easy for me to become that person that easily. And so that's who I became. And uh, I just lived my life recklessly. I was the worst person that you could ever imagine. And I don't know if you can tell from looking at me today, but I mean, I was bad. Like it was, it was, it was a scary bad. I'd never want my daughter or anybody to see who Were I you used mean? to be. Were you mean? Oh, I used to fight. I used to sell drugs. I used to be really forceful, you know, and just uh, use people and, and make them do what I want them to do. And uh, because I, I had so much hurt and pain and hate from my father that it was easy for me to do those things. And so the day my father died, I looked at him and I kept him alive for a week on a ventilator. And uh, I was like, no, he's not going. He's not going. You know, he hasn't given me that chance. You haven't given me a chance to be a daughter and you haven't been a father to me. And I want that back. And so I kept looking at him laying there on that ventilator. And I thought I kept telling the nurse, no, 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 no. He, he's alive. But when he had his heart uh, rupture, he was gone for too long when they tried to bring him back because they thought he was just some guy off the street. They didn't know he had family. We found out differently. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted him to be a dad to me. I wanted him to be. But as I sat there, God kind of showed me, Nina, he had the same generational curse that is on you. And it's time for you to break that. Have you, you been able to forgive him? Yes. That's what God told me. He said, you've got to break that cycle now and let go or you'll never be who God has called you to be. And so that's when I met Pastor Jesse and, you know, the whole thing. God taught me how to, you know, be a woman and, and see a man what he really for who he really is. You know what I mean? And so I started learning about fathers and, and dads and just all of those things being at the uh, classes at Mabel Bassett. And so I think that's where my turning point was, is I wanted my father to be somebody that he couldn't be because he was because of what his father was. So you were able to release him, realizing that it really wasn't his purpose and cause to ruin your life, but he lived a ruined life, and that was passed on to you. Yes, very and, much. And, and the Bible talks about those generational curses that are passed down from one generation to the next. And all of you have this look on your face of, of peace, just telling you. Oh, yeah. And it's a beautiful countenance. And, and you can tell so much by people's countenance. And all of you look free. You look at peace. Yes. And, and to me, that's a reflection of the forgiveness that you found and the forgiveness that you've given. Right. And once you find that forgiveness, you have to give that forgiveness. Absolutely. And... That's what frees us. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, and he has a, a, a pretty colorful past. And he, he made the statement. He said, you know, I, I had a dog growing up, was, and he said it was chained up because he lived in, in the city, inner city. And he said it, the only time that dog would really move when it saw a purpose beyond the chain, a rabbit or whatever it might be running by, a squirrel. And he said when he did, he could break the chain. You have to see something in front of you. Instead of rattling the chain behind you that gives you strength to say, I'm not living this way anymore. I'm breaking the chain. And that's what y'all did. Thanks to this guy behind the walls putting something in front of you that said, you know what? You've been hearing the rattling of chains long enough. And we all think, well, I've been mistreated. I have a right to be bitter. I have a right to be unforgiving. But... God sent Jesus to show us after getting brutally killed on a cross, hanging on a cross, that we now have to forgive. And so I know that's what you've heard. I know that's what you've been taught. And people watching, you know, the, the thing that 
uh, we, we, we've got to rally behind in all of this time and all of this tension, all the things going on right now is to realize that we've got to stand for one another. Right. We have to stand for one another. And, and uh, I'm so proud of all of you because you have decided that to see beyond all of the, the, the hard, the hurt, the difficulties, and you saw through that and beyond that. And today, I, 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 I hurt for the tension in our culture. Uh, and I'm so thankful that God is using you, all of you, to, to be a voice of saying, you know, we're standing for righteousness. We're standing for that. And those of you watching... Some of you, every week you watch and you hear and some of you hide behind the cameras and you're hurting. It's not that you're a bad person. You're just hurting. And hurt causes us to hide. You know, when you said that you, it was easier for you to join the crowd, because in the darkness we think nobody sees. We, we think that's covered, that's hidden. And the reality is that in the darkness we're stumbling all over ourselves and the light gives us a pathway to hope. Yes. And those of you watching that say, you know, I, I'm hurting... I, I, my life is a shambles. There's no hope for me. I'm sitting between tried for murder. You ain't ever getting out. All of y'all up here. It's such a blessing to see God's miracles. And that that is what life and what God is all about. He puts all the broken pieces back together. And that's what Mosaic is about. We, we are love, we are grace, and we're a mercy. Love never fails. Love never fails. Where sin abounds, it, it elevates itself. God says grace is going to elevate even more and abound even more. Mercy triumphs over judgment every day. And, and in our world, in a world that is, you know, so much of the anger and hate is not the result of bad people. It's simply the result of not understanding the greatness of God. And I believe that everyone on this earth from death row to kindergarten to baby school, whatever, that God made us in his image and his likeness and his love is great for all of us. And now what we have to do is demonstrate that love. And, you know, right now our black community, we need to love. And, you know, the one thing I keep hearing is just please listen. Just please listen. And, and I think we have to listen. And sometimes we listen hoping that we can have a response. But really, we need to listen and say, we just need to love. I want to hear your heart. I want to know what you're feeling. And uh, I appreciate each of you being transparent today, sharing what you're feeling and what you've gone through. And here you are today. And I, I got good news for you. The rest of your life is going to be the best of your life. And let me just close with this, and I'll give it back to Pastor as he closes. I want to thank every one of you that as you give into the uh, Mosaic Church, uh, these, these are the results from your giving. As Pastor Mark supports my ministry as I'm out in, behind the walls, and you, your giving is, uh, is certainly appreciated. And these are the results of your giving, and there's more where this came from. Amen. Uh, these are, I think all of you see the fruit of the seed that's been sown, and we, we are so grateful for that. And I want to take a moment. Uh, this will be aired on YouTube and other media outlets, and our prayer would be that not just today and those watching today, but when, as people pull up YouTube and Mosaic Church OKC, some of you say, how do I get my family 
to see this. You can go to YouTube and, and either pull up Mark Crow, Mosaic Church, you can go to Facebook. But it's very, very important that we understand that you can see the racial uh, blend up here. Yeah. And, and, and we've got to see this. We've got to realize we're standing together. Uh, you know, Jesse and I, what most of you don't know, we have different mothers, but we have the same father. Amen. And uh, so with that said, uh, you know, it is very, very important to me uh, that, you know, it, that this, this, I've been weighed down for weeks now. Just, God, how do I best address this? You know, what, what can we do to address the issues in our culture today? And I, I just know, I told Pastor Jesse, I said, you know, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything we're experiencing today is a demonic attempt to divide us. And I wanted you to see this, if nothing else, we refuse to be divided. Amen. We refuse to be divided. And, and you know, so I, I want us to realize we all have emotions and feelings. And, and that's really what the media is there to do, stir them up. And, uh, but, but, but Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift. <laughs> stir up what God's put in us. And have patience and have grace and, and extend that grace to people and, and give time and attention and listen. And, and when I listened to my precious daughter-in-law who is black just in November, I was telling some of you, I heard things from her I'd never heard before and, and I could feel embarrassed or ashamed because I really had never just asked her, Whitney, what does it feel like? What, what do you feel in our world today? And honestly, I had no answers, but I did have ears. And I hope it made a difference, and I hope we all understand that oftentimes people who are misunderstood are not looking for answers. They're just looking for compassion and care. I don't have a lot of answers, and the older I get, I've realized the, the fewer answers I have. But I know we all want to be heard. And so if I could say one thing to all of you watching online and in here, ask yourself, how much do I listen and how much of my opinion do I share I've realized all I have really is a lot of opinions and that they're really not that great. But I'm going to tell you something. When people feel like they've been heard, it can bring healing. And this man right here is a master hearer. And I promise you, it's not everything he said, but it was the presence walking in that yard. They knew that he was listening. They knew he was there for them. And sometimes that's all people need, not just behind walls, but outside the walls. I'm here and I'm listening. And I'm praying and I'm loving. And that really is, is the key. So let's do that. I want us to pray right now. Pastor Jesse, would you pray for us? And then I want to pray for the people watching online and here that may need to receive Jesus today. So would you just pray? Well, Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come and, and show, Lord God, and to put on display your glory. Father, we see them being hauled off to jail but we don't see this part when you've changed them. And so today, Lord God, we present, Lord God, to those that may watch people that have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. And God, we, we honor you today for this opportunity to, to show off your people, Lord God, and to let the world know that there is change and there is, you are a God of new beginnings. And God, I thank you today, Lord God, that they have taken on the attitude that I'm not gonna let my children go this direction. Proverbs 26 and 2 says, a curse without a cause can't land on me. 
And so, God, we're going to break the curses off of our families and break the curses yes. off, of the, off of the grandbabies that are coming up, Lord God. We refuse to give the enemy our children and send them off to a place called prison. And so, God, today we honor you here at Mosaic, Lord God, at our church. It's a church, Lord God, that puts broken things back together. And that is what we've shown today is how you have put these women back together. And the rest of their lives will be the best of their lives. Yes. I want to ask all of you just to bow your heads, close your eyes. And those of you watching online, pray this prayer with me. These women will tell you it was their confession, profession of faith, confession of sin, and profession of faith that changed their world forever. And it will change your world forever. Pray this with me. Say, Father God, thank you so much for sending your only son to die on the cross for my sin. Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me. Today I give my life to you. I repent of my sin. And I thank you for your forgiveness. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or to give your life back to the Lord, I want to ask you to text the word SAVED to 405-500-1310. Text SAVED in your name, if you would, please. Just put that in there. We want to pray with you, stand with you. And if you look at these four women, I promise you there is hope for you. Uh, God is restored. God has given everything back. That song today, love's going to return it all. And love is going to return it to you. So please text the word SAVE to 405-500-1310. Hello, this is Pastor Mark Crow. I just want to take a quick moment to thank you for joining us online. We hope you have a blessed week this week. And get to be a blessing to those around you. I want to invite you to join us at Mosaic Church OKC next week at 9.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Or join us online. God bless you.